Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing, connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. Welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. In this episode, I want to talk about some of the barriers to making friends. You know, there are barriers out there that we don't really talk about that much, and I want to spend some time talking about them. You know, making friends is something that everyone does, or at least almost everyone, over the course of your lifetime. And most of the time, we make friends in an ongoing way throughout our lives. You know, if you think about it, people are always coming in and out of our lives. We are, we're kind of coming closer and pulling away from the friends that we have. And most of us are meeting new people fairly regularly. Some more than others, depending on your work and other activities, but pretty much everyone meets people or meets new people fairly regularly. The new people don't all become your friends, at least that's true for me, but new people cross our paths all the time. Yet making friends isn't something we are formally taught to do as we're growing up, and it's really much harder for some people than others. You know, for instance, My son is on the autism spectrum. I've talked about this in a few of the previous episodes. And I want to say that the spectrum is wide. And, you know, what we once thought about autism spectrum isn't exactly how we think about it these days. And I I would say this new generation, I know some people feel like this new generation or the younger generation, I say, should say, is always diagnosing themselves on the spectrum. But I think they're just really thinking about their interactions with people and the way their brains work. And they have expanded the way they think about the spectrum. And I think we also, as mental health professionals in particular, are have expanded it and are thinking about it in new ways, which is really ultimately helping a lot of people. But anyway, my son is on the spectrum and he has a very strong desire to have friends and spend time with other kids. But he has a lot of trouble navigating friendships and building relationships. So I put him in social skills groups from time to time so he can learn so that it can be facilitated in real time with other kids. You know, this is how we interact with kids and and make friends and this is how you do it. But unless you're an outlier like him or other kids like him, you really don't get any formal instruction on how to make friends and are just, you know, you're just expected to just know how to make friends. <laughs> at least that was like my experience. No one sat me down and said, this is how you make friends. And I think that's probably why so many of us negotiate and navigate friendships differently and have different expectations of, of friendships because we've picked up different things along the way in our lives. You know, some of it is temperament. Some of some people who are introverted or extroverted relate to people in different ways. But ultimately, we pick up on different ways of relating to each other as we go through life. And what I'm learning is that many women in midlife, particularly those who are high achieving and have devoted a huge amount of time to, you know, their adult lives to their work and their kids and building a family really struggle when it comes to friendships. And I think quite possibly because they don't have a good foundation for making friends in the first place. You know, some of them may have never been very good at it, but, you know, as we're going through education, we're, we're put into situations where there's 
people around us all the time and we're always making friends and it's easier because of the proximity to make friends and some of these deficits in skills or or lack of learning you know just weren't as obvious when you were around people all the time and so i think that's part of it and i also think it's partly because things change when we get older in terms of the opportunities and proximity to other people who you know, in order to make friends and our lifestyles change and there's different expectations for social engagement. So, you know, as I was writing this episode out, I was thinking like my question to you, the listeners is, and my question to everyone really is, should everyone have social skills training when we're younger and not just reserve it for the children who have you know, the most significant challenges or the challenges that are more out, you know, outliers. I don't know that, I don't want to call it significant because I think it is very stigmatizing to think about it in that way. But the children who are outliers in terms of being neurodiverse, you know, or is it that we just need training when we're older and things change and we're trying to kind of get back in the game in terms of making friends. And, you know, because that's pretty much what I'm coaching my clients to do in terms of their friendships. I'm really giving them social skills training to some degree, but I don't call it that. <laughs> Probably because there's a stigma attached to this idea that one would have trouble making friends. You know, you, you know, remember, we're all pretty much just expected to know what to do in terms of making friends, even though no one teaches it to you ever. So if you can't do it when you wake up in midlife and you don't have friends, and if you can't do it, then there's that underlying belief that something must be wrong with you, right? And I would say wrong. I don't think that means something is wrong with you. A lot of people struggle with relationships. And in fact, I would say probably most people could use a little help in some way or another, which you know can be a barrier to making friends. This idea that you're not really sure what to do, especially in midlife. So a lot of people just pour themselves into work or their families and they don't really spend the time and that becomes a barrier to making friends. It's one of the less obvious barriers and one that many of us have. And then there are other barriers that many of us create to friendships without even realizing it. I've been reading a book called We Should All Get Together and the author devotes, I wish I had the book next to me, but I don't. And um, I feel bad, <laughs> but it's called We Should All Get Together. And I'm not finished with it yet, so I won't fully endorse it, but I really like it so far. And the author devotes a whole section to this, this idea that we put up our own walls, these ways in which we inadvertently create distance in our relationships. And, you know, the parts I'm reading right now are her thoughts on how we create barriers to friendships through social media and our busy schedules. And it's been really fascinating to read because she offers a perspective that I've really never considered, like this idea that people are less likely to ask questions about a recent trip you've taken if you've already posted pictures or otherwise shared about it on social media, which in some ways blocks or limits connection and conversations. So if you posted all these pictures of your trip on social you know, when then when you see your friend in person, they're like, oh yeah, I saw your pictures. And, and that really kind of limits the natural conversations that may come up about your trip. And also being on social media can give the impression of being closer to some people than you actually are and can in some ways, for some people, substitute for real life connection. And while I do think in some ways social media has brought us together, it definitely has also created some distance for our people at the same time. 
And then there's this idea of busyness and time (laughs) as a barrier to friendship. You know, we all have the same amount of time. We just prioritize it differently. Yet there's some people who really truly believe that the reason why they don't have friends is because they don't have time. But what I'll offer is that when you say you don't have time, it just means that you've chosen to spend your time on other things. So in this way, you are creating the barrier by not making the time instead of it just being a barrier, right? We can all make time for things when something is important to us. Like if a family member got sick, you would figure out a way, well, a lot of people would figure out a way to be there for that person. They would drop everything and just do it. So we can prioritize and make time for the things that are important to us, which is great news because it just means that you're in control of being able to make or find time when you're ready to commit to making friendships. Now, I'm sure some of you listening to this are feeling annoyed or arguing with me through your phone or however you listen to your podcast and wanting to say, no, 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 it's really true that I don't have time, but you do. It's just a matter of figuring out how to shuffle around your time or make the time for what you want in your life. And uh, and if you want to talk more about this, I'm happy to talk about it offline. Or maybe do another episode specifically on this topic of time, because I think time or lack thereof is definitely something that many people hide behind as a reason that they aren't doing things in general, and then more specifically, a reason why they're not spending time with people. You know, I'm not fully through this section in the book I'm reading, so I'll circle back more um, on these topics if anything else seems really interesting for me. But for for the rest of the episode, I actually want to focus on the other ways that we keep people at arm's length, or some of them. You know, I've done this so much in my life without even realizing it, that I could write a book probably based solely on my experiences. But I've also seen it so much with the other people in my work as well. You know, I tend to struggle with commitment, (laughs) which impacts my friendships. That probably comes as no surprise to many of you who've listened to a lot of these episodes. Because if you don't commit to plans or if you don't commit to a community or you don't commit to certain things, it's hard to cultivate the relationships and friendships because you kind of always have one foot in and one foot out. And that is really how I spent a lot of my adult life, you know, not committing to where I live and to staying here and all of the things really kind of made it hard for me to commit to building a life and building relationships with people. And I've gotten a lot better with this especially in the last few years, but it continues to show up for me from time to time. You know, I have a milestone birthday this year and I've been planning a party and I and I noticed the other day how hard it was for me to commit to the details. So I eventually just confronted myself about it and moved it forward and realized that it was really just anxiety, not all of the other things that I was attributing, you know, my dragging my feet to, like, I can't commit to anything. I have this belief that I can't commit to anything in the future because I'm still not walking fully, although I'm walking. Woohoo! But in my mind, it made it like impossible for me to think about doing something in six months from now. But really, in the end, it's just anxiety and it, it has nothing to do with anything else that I was telling myself. And the longer I was willing to let it go on unchecked, the longer I was feeling the anxiety of it and just not moving it forward. And also the longer I was taking to let people know who want to come celebrate with me and need to put this on their calendar. So I bit the bullet, I made the commitment, and then (laughs) it resurfaced again when it was time to send out the invitation. 
I had a weird desire all of a sudden last weekend to sort of burn it all down and cancel everything and just make a plan with one person, which is super dramatic. And it goes against how I I was actually feeling about this trip. I've been thinking about this trip for a year almost. Um, I've been so excited about it, the possibility of going and celebrating with friends. So I do in that moment that there's that commitment issue again. It's coming up. I don't really want to cancel this trip. I'm just having a hard time committing to it. So I gave myself a little grace and space, as I call it. And I was able to work through it. And when I say grace and space, I just acknowledge that I'm having the feeling. I give myself a few more days to work through it. And then I move forward, usually. You know, commitment and fear. It's really a fear of being trapped in a situation that I don't want is usually what it is for me. That's what really creates a barrier for me in relationships. But I think for other people, it can be fear of rejection. So they put up a wall or a barrier to friendships with other people. You know, I had a recent coaching client who was keeping people at a distance without even realizing it and then wondering why she was having so much trouble making friends. You know, we did this coaching session and we got pretty far into it. um, And she was trying to convince me that she just couldn't make friends because there weren't people around that she liked or she didn't have the opportunities. And after a lot of digging and coaching, you know, she revealed that a colleague of hers, who's also a friend, told her that, you know, it was really hard for her, for the colleague, to get to know this client, that she had worked really hard to get to know her and to build a friendship. And it took a long time to get close and feel connected and to feel like they were really friends. And, you know, I pointed out that a lot of people aren't going to sort of hang around like that. That's, that is rare and unusual. And if you're okay with just having a few friends, then that works. But if you want to make new friends, you do have to recognize that that's going on. And I think for her, it was in that moment, it finally clicked. You know, she was telling me this story and saying it out loud, which is what happens for a lot of us. You know, as we are saying things out loud and hear like how, I don't want to say how crazy it sounds, but how crazy it sounds. It clicks for us. You know, it clicked for her that maybe she did have a wall up, that maybe it was hard for people to get to know her and that she was creating a barrier to friendships without even knowing it. And so many people do this. You know, they may seem disinterested or standoffish or whatever because they are shy and anxious, not because they don't like you, not because they don't want to get to know you, but because they are having fear and anxiety and shyness, and it's really preventing them from putting their true feelings and desires out there. And I'll talk about one more thing. I have a friend, a really good friend, who believes that people don't like her or won't like her, that that ultimately people won't like her. And I think I, you know, I think this person is pretty amazing and she might be listening to this. So hopefully you hear it and and receive it. So I can't understand it, but she believes this deep down that she'll be rejected by people. So she doesn't put herself out there and has, you know, in her adulthood socialized less and less, you know, over the years. And my guess is by doing that, this has resulted in her in her having fewer friends and connections and feeling more insecure, which has been created by her own barriers and thinking. And so the take-home message here is, you know, don't underestimate how much of a role you may play in your difficulty making friends. And it's worth examining, you know, if you're having trouble making friends, it's worth examining in more detail whether the issue is you. 
And you could do that through working with a coach or a therapist, but you really want to look at how you're showing up in your interactions with people and the patterns at play in your life. And often... It's related to fear of rejection from others, which is a real and legitimate fear that we all have to some extent. I have it too. Um, You know, some people just manage this fear better than others and are willing to take action despite the fear. But when you understand that, that like most people have this fear, you know, and not only do most people experience this fear to some extent, but that it comes largely from your own brain and the thoughts that you're having. It's not really what other people think. It's a complete game changer. And I should also add that paradoxically, when you have this fear of rejection, it results in you being a little more standoffish, seeming disinterested, and not being fully present and invested in your interactions with people, which creates the very thing that you fear, which is rejection. You reject the other people, they reject you, and then you've been rejected. Just because of your fear of being rejected, you create it. People don't think you're interested in friendships, so they don't invest. So when you see it and address it, you will be on your way so much faster than you'd think. So when you see your barriers, the barriers you're creating, maybe without even knowing it, and address them, you will be on your way. And often all it takes is a few little tweaks, um, usually in your mindset, really. And then pushing yourself a bit outside of your outside of your comfort zone, which for me is to commit to things <laughs> when I don't want to. But it all it takes is that. And it will create the shift that you need to start building the friendships you want. That's really all that I did, right? I spent several years kind of feeling lonely and disconnected. You know, I've always had friends. I had friends. But I would still spend a lot of time alone and didn't really feel that close to anyone. I did and I didn't. So it's a little bit more complicated than that. But I'll say, but for now, that's what I'll say. And as soon as I took a closer look, at my thinking and the way I was approaching people in my life, things really changed. It wasn't a big dramatic thing. It was actually just a small shift and a commitment to putting in the effort to building friendships and to building closer friendships. And that's all it took for me. And that's probably all it will take for you too. So it's something to consider. If you're feeling like you want to have more friendships or closer, more satisfying relationships with people, what barriers are you creating to friendship without even knowing it? This is not a way to blame you for what you're experiencing or to shame you, but instead a way to offer a solution that you can control and change. That's all I have for this week, and I will talk to you next time. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help. Head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching, that's Kathleen with a K, dot com. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at drkathleenyoung.coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.